Andrew. Yes, Connor. I've been reading this book recently, okay? And it's been getting under my skin. Um, it's called The Institute by Stephen King. Okay. It's like it's, it's his most recent novel, right? Uh-huh. The book is so freaking thrilling. And like all the crap that goes on in it is just utterly ridiculous. And I mean, all the twists and turns and everything, it just keep you guessing and guessing and guessing all the way to the very end until finally you have to ask yourself, if you had to name your dog after a Star Wars character, what would it be? <laughs> that is an excellent question. And an excellent curveball. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, if it were like sci-fi in general, I can answer that readily. Hey, what is it? It would be Apollo. Oh! After Coheed and Cambria. Of course. Uh, the dog in the Amory Wars saga is named Apollo. And I would only... I would only appreciate it if the dog went around going, I want you, I want you, because of Apollo Creed, but still. Yes. Yes. And Carl Weathers and all that. <laughs> Grief Karga. Yeah, that's it. Yes, we're um, getting there. Yeah. But in terms of Star Wars, I'm not really sure. Yeah, it's hard. It's a tough one. I mean, I know people have said as much as so you could say, okay, uh, Salacious Crumb, you know, name it after, uh, <laughs> you know, Jabba's pet or something like that. Yeah. Or even Chewy. Or Chewbacca, you yeah. know, depending on if you get like a big yeah. furry dog. Just Chewy, yeah. Like, you I, know. Could, I could see that. But like, I would have an issue because like, I don't think I could go with like a like a human character. Like, I couldn't name it Luke or no. anything like that. Like, I have like a, a like a second cousin that's named Luke and that would just be weird. <laughs> we named the dog Luke. <laughs> Luke. <laughs> <laughs> You're named after the dog. Oh, well. Well, maybe we should ask our guest, Brian... Hey. Is it weird that I'm calling you, Brian? Eh, I don't know. It's your name. What do you think? What would be your Star Wars dog name? So weirdly enough, with dog names in general, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of giving them just the most mundane vanilla people names. Fair enough. <laughs> so like... Paul. The Steve next, the yeah, dog. Yeah, Steve the dog. Or like, <laughs> come here, Gertrude. Gertrude. <laughs> come here, Gertie. Ooh. I like yes, that. That is true. So with I'm, the dogs that you do have. That's true. <laughs> I just like the most mundane vanilla people names. And now I just, I got to think of the most mundane vanilla character in the entire Star Wars canon. Rick Olay. Yep. <laughs> Come here, Ricky. That's, that's, Come oh, here, Rick. Man. That's it. I feel like if I got like a little, uh, I mean, it'd have to be a little dog for sure, but like Yoda. Yeah. I feel like oh, Yoda would sure. be easy enough to pull off. I don't know. Or, um... I mean, Tonda Baba, but no one would get it, you know? Yes. I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's a lot out there you could really relate to. <laughs> I do. I, I have an aunt who did name their dog Obi. Obi. Obi-Wan. That's what's up. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, ain't nothing to it but to Uta Pute, everybody. Hello and welcome to Greedo Shot First. My name is Connor. I'm Andrew. And we are here to talk Star Wars, all things Star Wars, and anything even freaking related to Star Wars, which today we're joined by a special guest, none other than our good friend, Brian Duncan. Brian, introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. my name. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what's going on, Brian? How have you been? I've been wonderful. Yeah. It's uh, wonderful to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. Thank you for coming on. Uh, one of the one that we've been trying to do for a while, I would say, and I'm just glad that we're finally able to all sit together and and have this conversation. Now we should preface a little bit of history, I guess, behind this too, because uh, when we first came up with the name Greedo Shot first, it was us three, uh, you know, who did the band, I right. guess, right? Yeah, yes. you know, before we got my shot first, the band, yes, which was superseded by Greedo Shot first, the band again, yes. 
with somebody else. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. And it's, it, it's a bit ridiculous. I mean, like, I think the long and short of the story goes that, like, we had a band before Greedo shot first. Yes. And we were promised to play a show, but yes. uh, we couldn't do it because two of our members couldn't make it. Right. And they still wanted us to do it. So we did it anyway. So we did it anyway. <laughs> we just went back to, I think, your basement and yeah. we learned, like, 10 cover songs. And it was a battle of the bands that we ended up winning. That's Which right. that's it's incredible, you <laughs> especially because like it was a battle of the bands. Like, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, still, it's remarkable as you know, burgeoning adults, teenagers, or whatever. It's like, yeah, I feel like he did something, and like yes. we weren't even trying. It was like we won, we won like Subway gift cards or something. But I don't <laughs> yeah, know. It was <laughs> it was worth the it. Winners, pretty yeah. much. So, but still, uh, but yeah. So uh, one of the reasons we have Duncan here today, besides uh, being a good friend is uh the fact that uh you're i mean like give us a little bit of background into like your uh your your work you do your educational background well (laughs) i went to school and learned some things oh okay uh so step ahead of me cliff notes uh i'm a film nerd um i went to school for film tv video production and photography uh currently working in production um, in the healthcare space yeah. So nothing super exciting, but it pays the bills. It's a living. Let's me do some cool stuff on the side. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's pretty much all. I, I mean, that actually is kind of the dream, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah, they don't get to realize that dream. That's uh, that, That's just a recent change. For the past three years, you guys know yeah. freelan- freelancing full time in the production industry, and you- specifically advertising, and it's just I got to do some really cool stuff professionally. You were bouncing around the country for a yeah, while. Yeah, but there's just no time to live. Yeah. So. <laughs> and so, I mean, you finally were able to kind of put some roots back in town and yeah. find a new gig and everything like that. But mm-hmm. that's awesome. And now I get to come talk Star Wars. Of course. That's right. Yeah, so we're going to talk a this, little bit. This is the dream. This is the dream. <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the overall cinematography of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, going as far back as the original trilogy kind of glancing over the prequel trilogy and then talking of the new anthology films as well as the sequel trilogy. Well, the you know, the two sequel films is not a trilogy yet. It's going to be a trilogy. Spoiler Soon alert. Spoiler. Spoiler. It's, yeah. it's going to be a trilogy. <laughs> Sooner or later. It's a movie coming out, everybody. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, I mean, before we get into that, there's no real recent Star Wars news to kind of get into. Um, I did kind of want to bring up something that was recently uh, released uh, and I got my hands on. Um, a, a new novel was released uh, about like a week or so ago, maybe a couple weeks ago. Um, it is the Galaxy's Edge Black Spire Outpost book written by Delilah S. Dawson. Mm-hmm. It's much better than it deserves to be. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, to put it out there, like when... when uh, That's a bold statement. It, well, it was, uh, so <laughs> when Galaxy's Edge got announced, right? I mean, they, they did everything. They're like, you know, we got the we got books, we got comics, we got, you know, short films or cartoons or whatever. And then we got all the stuff that, you know, comes with the park. And so, I mean, and we kind of went over this before. You know, we said there's a list of books coming out that are in relation to Batu and that setting and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Black Spire Outpost, what it's going to be. And so that's basically what you think this book's going to be. It's literally the title of, you know, Galaxy's Edge, Black Spire Outpost. And I will say this, the first, like, chunk of the book, like, maybe, I I don't know, maybe the first, like, third or fourth, is just uh, advertisement. 
straight advertisement. <laughs> the person who's like the, the in te- you know the protagonist of the book lands on Batu and gets a tour of Batu. Uh, they get to go to Ronto's Roasters and yes. ri- try a Ronto wrap, which made my mouth salivate. I was like, that sounds really good. It's- <laughs> friendly reminder that i did i had one actually i know you did i'm like man the <laughs> herbs and spices on this thing yeah, it, was, it was delicious <laughs> i mean so they had that the character in the book also worked at savvy's workshop of course had meetings with uh um no uh what's his name the the uh the ithorian uh junk dealer the, the treasure hoarder guy yes <sighs> Doc uh, Ondar. Yes. Doc Ondar. And then the she also had run-ins with uh, the Uga, I think her name was, or whatever. It's like the... It's what like, a name. It's the criminal gang boss or whatever of Batu. Okay. I can't remember her freaking name, but regardless. The Uga. They, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They establish everybody in the book. So, I mean, like, right off the bat, you just think to yourself, okay, Galaxy's Edge, it's going to be a, you know, just a straight advertisement for the park, which... It is like I mean they don't they don't shy away from that like it is a, a straight up advertisement, but the book gets so much better afterwards like because I mean, first of all it goes it, it goes deeper into that time frame that we're looking for between episodes eight and nine right right I mean it is part of the uh, the journey journey it yes. is totally okay. it's totally part of it and like they I mean they talk about the supreme leader Kylo Ren. And the First Order coming after him, and Hux is in the book and so everything. So now they're not even hiding that. No, he is the Supreme Leader. Like that was, you know, like I feel like I just Spoiler kind alert. Of mm. hypothesized that when we were talking about the Resistance trailer a few weeks back. Right. Which, I mean... I referred to him as Supreme Leader Ren, but... <clears throat> I know there was a few, like, comic books that kind of stated the fact that, like, when Snoke went down... Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> that's all this section's called, a spoiler alert. Uh, but still, like... There was parts of the first empire that or first order that were just like, <laughs> you know, I, you know, long live the, you know, the supreme leader. I'm the supreme leader. No, I'm the supreme. You know, right. everyone was jumping up and taking their places. You're a towel. You're a towel. <laughs> so, yeah. That's basically what happened. You're a supreme leader. But I don't know. They, they, everyone was just trying to find their own place in it, and I think Kylo was just like, uh, uh-uh, it's all I me. I am the supreme. I am. Leader. Look at me. I am the supreme leader now. That's <laughs> <I do. laughs> so they established that much, and like, it's just it's incredible. I also think that there's like a vague reference to Rise of the Resistance, that ride, uh-huh. because at one point the character's talking about there's a secret mission to go and. Uh, you know, infiltrate a star destroyer, but I don't know much about it. Like that's that's the long and short about it. Wow. So that, that's I'll be honest. That's what you're describing is more on the nose than I would have even guessed they would have done. Right. And the only thing they said about it is like the only thing I know about it is it's led by the green team or the green leader or something oh. like that. Like that's all it was. So I'm guessing that when you go to the park and actually experience Rise of the Resistance, you're on green team. You're going to be the ones who's infiltrating the the star destroyer and doing all the great fantastical stuff and whatever of so, course yeah so it's just more it's more more of an excuse for you to go back yeah. man no i mean trust me I, like i feel like i sounded i don't know <laughs> um, milk toast on that or whatever but it's it's totally not that like i'm blue milk to toast back. blue milk Maybe. toast or green milk i mean you know yeah, depending yeah. on how fruity you're feeling depending on the day yes <laughs> what type of fruity you're feeling but all i can say is like i would like to do a little review on this if you ever get the chance to pick it up i okay. highly recommend it but i also recommend that if anyone wants to read this and have a better understanding of it read captain phasma first uh the phasma book uh is pretty much this is like a, almost a direct sequel uh, involving some of the same characters as well mm-hmm. so i mean take that for what it's worth i just 
wanted to put it out there. And I've been trying to catch up on a lot of like the Journey to the Rise of Skywalker stuff, uh, including but not limited to the Hondo Onaka book, which mm-hmm. I think I talked about a yeah. little bit already. And made me so happy because one day we had we were driving out to uh eve and i were driving to the renaissance fair and i always try and like sneak stuff for her to listen to because i just listen to audiobooks all the time and i just started playing the hondo anaka book and she's like what is this and i said <laughs> well it's it's the book it's read by jim cummings it's it's hondo awesome. anaka. It hondo yeah. anaka and she's like this is kind of fun and i was like yes i got her in <laughs> so I mean, we're going to a, you know we're going to a wedding in october and it's a six-hour drive which is just the length of the book and i'm like yes so it's gonna <laughs> be a fun it. time yeah exactly so i felt good about it but i don't know uh any other recent news anyone wants to bring up i haven't really kept up with much no, I mean, honestly, I haven't seen too much that, at least nothing, you know, within the realm of, of what we try to cover here, you know, not trying to get into unsubstantiated rumors. And... <laughs> Have you ever heard of We Got This Covered? Yes. We should talk about this. I don't know. Are you familiar with WeGotThisCovered.com? I am not. Okay, so it's... Teach uh, me all of the things. All right, so everyone's familiar with the idea of spam posting and all this kind of stuff, oh, or yeah. clickbait and everything. That's We Got This Covered in a nutshell. So... They like we got this covered. Uh, basically, started off by saying like, uh, in addition to Obi Wan and you know the Mandalorian coming out as live action, we're also going to get Maul. We're going to get Yoda. We're going to get uh, Mara Jade, and it's all stemming from this one website where there's absolutely no evidence that anyone said anything about this except them. Yeah, and then it kind of just builds off of that. It's a small so they frame. are the source of the uh, yes, the yes, source the of clickbait. The, yes. Yeah, they like are the it. like they're the WikiLeaks, but they're the ones providing the leaks like, to themselves. Right. Okay. Like, like it's there's a like, rumor. Wouldn't it be cool if? Yeah, basically. <laughs> or like it's just like the most mundane thing where it's like, you know, Snoke has a ring. I bet you that means he likes jewelry. Like, <laughs> or something. It's like that's we got this covered. You'll <laughs> never believe what Kylo Ren said. <laughs> I mean, that's just it. Like, I, I mean, he said, and then you click on the link and it's let the past die. It's like we we know that. That's that's always that's exactly what it is too. It's like. They never, they never fill the full like title of it. Like whenever they actually put the hyperlink in there, it's always cut off right at the juicy part. She said, like right there. It's like, what did she say? And that's why it's clickbait. I gotta know. <laughs> but like we got, I this, got to. we got this covered. Has been doing like a, like a, a bunch of crap like this, and like they've been, I don't know, yeah. just kind of blowing it up. Yeah, I think they were one of the places that that. Like was rumoring all of those shows like a couple of months back. Right, well. we were talking uh, about like Rose and Finn and everybody yeah, getting them. Exactly, and it was just like, wouldn't it be nice? This, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know. I because I mean, I personally, I follow a lot of like nerd pages. I follow a lot of the Marvel, a lot of the Star Wars, and everything like that. You know, so it just kind of gets out there, and you never know what you're gonna you're gonna grab. So mm-hmm. it's just out there, man. I don't know. But I, I figured I'd bring it up just because I thought it was funny. And, like, I'm still one of those people who does fall for it. And it's like, I wonder what Yoda's favorite milk is. Like, you know, it's like if he had to choose. But, yeah. you know, it's just it's it's just mundane stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's, like, I appreciate that you've decided to, like, stake your claim that we now have, like, a mortal enemy. We the, got this covered? Yeah. Well, I mean, why not? This is yeah. a public service announcement more than anything else. Like, if you see that in the hyperlink, just keep scrolling. Yeah, you it's know. not worth it. Nothing to see here. I kind of agree. I yeah. mean, there, there are certain, like, fan sites, uh, like Dork Side of the Forest mm-hmm. or uh, even Inverse, different sites like that, that I'm like, yeah, I enjoy reading the articles when they're well done. And, right. You know, and there's, there's substance there. And Inverse has done good. Yeah. You know. 
Um, you know, and, and a lot of times it is just it's it'll either just be speculation or just kind of like a well, what if? Yeah. But it's not like they're asserting things as fact. They're just basically saying like this is a thought that I've had. What do you think? Basically, like so. I mean, imagine all the people before the end of Game of Thrones. Whenever they were like, this is how it's going to end. And they just put out all those theories. And I bet you anything, we got this cover, put out the thing saying that, you know, this is how it ends. But it really ended the way it's ended in Game of Thrones. I'm trying to avoid any more spoilers at this point. <laughs> uh, but, like, it turns out it's right. And then we got this cover all, got all validated because it's like, yeah. my rumor was true. Well, yeah. Or something. I mean, that's, that's something, uh, you know, in, in sort of my other... Um, so or uh, you know podcasting medium in mm. terms of doing some hockey stuff. There's some, there's some guys out there that have historically just been like, well, I've heard rumors of this to that, and like every you know, now gets, and then he gets every one out of a hundred correct, but it's like, but that's the proof. <laughs> Blind squirrel gets a nut every now and then. Yeah, what is it? The clocks right twice a day. Yeah, yeah broken kind of clocks stuff. right twice a day. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. So. Before we get into the filmography thing, I'm going to throw a question at you, Duncan. Oh, snap. What is your hottest take about The Rise of Skywalker? Ooh, your oh, boldest prediction. See, I, I feel like the answer I'm going to give you is such a cop-out because I hear the rumor mill churning everywhere I look. And the rumor mill has been churning since immediately after Force Awakens came out. Of course. I remember walking out of that movie... And being so excited, like, oh my god, Star Wars is back! <laughs> that I walked around downtown Seattle for like six hours. Because you were just like, I had, a, I had a day off, I waited. <laughs> this was like the middle of January. I waited and I avoided spoilers for so long. I finally, finally went and saw it in like my favorite movie theater ever. And I got out and was like, yeah! Like doing the Ric Flair woo down the street. <laughs> and for two years, I, I heard people just spin rumors and spin rumors and spin rumors. And they got so invested in their own theories yes. that when Last Jedi came out and just dashed it all, those people were so... I mean, I feel like those were the angriest, loudest critics. Of course. Yeah. And I loved it. Oh, no. I loved oh, I, it. I love it, too. I mean, like, I love to have my own thoughts and opinions oh, yeah. on things and then have them be dashed. Dashed, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. It does not bother me in the least. That's, yeah. That, but, but there are... You know that that vocal minority, or as they would tell you, we are the silent majority. Yeah, which, sure you are. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's why I kind of tell people it's like you know, it's like as much as people hated the you know, the end of Game of Thrones, it's like, well, this is kind of what you get. Because yeah. it's like you spent the whole time you, doing all these fan theories and everything you want yeah, to work out the way you did it yourself. You, yes, yes, exactly. And I mean, that's I kind of feel the same way about the Last Jedi too. Is strong with the, with this one. <laughs> well, because like I, I was one of those people. I went in when you know who are Ray's parents, what's Snoke's deal, like all those questions. Like I want a because mm -hmm. I jumped on that bandwagon like everybody mm -hmm. else. But at the same time, when it was all just kind of chunked away, yeah, you feel a little hurt. But, I mean, I didn't have as much, nearly as much investment as everybody else did. That's, a, that's, that's why my, my cop-out answer to that is I have done everything in my power to not form any opinions. Okay. Because I... <laughs> Just want to go in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, slate. <laughs> I love... I, I, I feel like I'd catch a lot of heat saying this around a lot of Star Wars fans. But, like, I love the idea that... I, I think J.J. Abrams is more than capable of doing this, but like the whole comedy improv mentality of yes and. Yes. I don't want to see him retcon all the stuff 
that Ryan Johnson uh, built in Last Jedi. I want him upon it yeah. even further. I feel like if I feel like that would be a true mark of wow, J.J. Abrams is is worth all the clout he gets. Right. If he can take all of the curveballs and the the turns that no one saw coming mm-hmm. and work it into a, a satisfying conclusion, I think that's gonna ultimately make this movie. Well, I mean, they've as, said as good as it can be. They've said as much that the ending's going to blow minds. It's going to melt minds. And good. It's going to do something to your mind, whether it's good or bad. But like, I mean, I I am one of those people. It's like we talk about it all the time on the show. You know, like we will talk about spoilers. Well, not spoilers, but like speculations and leaks mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But at the same time, I think at the end of the day, neither one of us really wants it to be spoiled. Yeah. You know, no one wants it to be spoiled. Exactly. I mean, we talked about the measures we went through to mm-hmm. avoid Endgame. You know, oh, yeah. and it's practically going to be the same thing. But I mean, I think we've talked about it. Like we might just pull off a thing where we go, you know, the morning of the movie coming out and see like the very first showing and then just... So that no one can do it. <laughs> yeah. Which we'll... Last Jedi, the day we went and saw it, mm-hmm. I remember specifically, I was just scrolling through my phone on a break at work and in the comment of something, I saw spoilers for the last jedi i was like oh my god no it's been ruined now i now i have to substantiate this so i looked it up (laughs) i saw the entire plot of the movie well not the entire plot the major plot points the big like oh my god yoda's Mm. back yoda comes back (laughs) spoiler alert (laughs) Um, and i was like oh that's kind of ruins it but i i mean already bought the tickets i was so excited to see right. it in that theater it doesn't yeah. beat seeing it still yeah i was still surprised at the way they pulled off i knew the points that they were going to connect the path that they took to connect those points i was still very much surprised right good very pleasantly surprised and i mean that's the mark of a good movie in my opinion yeah it keeps you guessing all the way to the end also it was beautiful Yes. yes. Well, that's a perfect segue. Perfect segue. <laughs> so let's talk a little You're good bit at of this. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> let's talk a little bit of cinematography, shall we? Absolutely. So I, I mean, how do we want to exactly approach this? Uh, do you want to start with the original trilogy and kind of give us some examples, and then we kind of just branch off from there? Sure. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, just right off the bat, uh, Andrew, what's your? What, if you had to pick a particular shot for, uh, like Duncan to break down and dissect a little bit well, i don't know i think arguably to a good starting point would be probably you know the the first most iconic scene of star wars which would be luke staring at the twin sons mm-hmm. mm. oh god um i'll be totally transparent I'm not sure how they did it. I'm sure it's it's not crazy magic that they did. Oh, you mean with, with the with, how, how they pulled it off? But yeah. that shot is so iconic, and the way that I I love I'm I'm jumping ahead. Go I ahead, love man. how the first real character building moment that we don't see dialogue, we don't hear him say anything, but you just see the look in his eyes and the dreamy way that, he looks out at the horizon, yes. and you get this. You sense. learn so much about Luke Skywalker in that moment. You get a and sense then the longer. last time you see him in a physical being, it's the same thing. That whole arc comes yes. back and oh, oh, I got goosebumps. Well, I, I agree. I mean that, um, like I, I don't cry all that often, and like honestly, Star Wars doesn't really make me cry. Although I've talked multiple times about how oh, I one hundred percent got missed. You just make sure Emily's yeah. not looking, point. and then yeah. you can, you'll be okay. I mean, I've talked that there are literally two scenes in the Last Jedi that <laughs> cause me to well up, and but so that's the other one in addition to the Falcon chase. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. 
through the caverns on crate. Oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I, I completely agree. It's just beautiful kind of. I, I don't want to call it ring theory because that's stupid, but um, <laughs> it is, you know, it is a story in return, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, that theme coming back around. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if I want to talk a little bit technical when it comes to, uh, you know, the original trilogy and everything like that, my favorite of the original trilogy is Return of the Jedi and, you know, go over that. Uh, but one of my favorite shots, like one of my favorite parts of the whole movie is just the Battle of Endor and like oh, yeah. specifically the space battle. Oh, yeah. But when you first see like the actual fleet, like as they're assembling and they're, you know, you meet Akbar and you meet, uh, you know, Calrissian while he's in the Millennium Falcon and everything like that. Like if you're watching on Blu-ray, like I think especially on Blu-ray, you can kind of see the cuts like the the like how it's like dropped into the image because mm-hmm. I'm sure the way that they did it was a tracking shot of just like the models of like the big ships. Oh yeah, and then they did another tracking shot of the Millennium Falcon, but they did it so well that like mm-hmm. I mean for years you couldn't tell it, exactly. And I, I mean I don't even know I I know that tracking is involved with that kind of stuff. Oh, compo- compositing <clears throat> images like that, taking multiple images and literally compositing compositing them into a final post image yeah um those guys those guys killed it and those guys were on top of the heap they were so long ilm industrial light and magic yeah literally came out of the need for these special effects artists for the star wars original trilogy and still to this day they're they're top of the heap they're of course leaps and bounds ahead of the pack I mean, they've, I mean, they've worked for pretty much everybody. I mean, obviously, like, all of Lucas's gang in mm-hmm. terms of, Spiel, like, anything Spielberg has done. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, uh, and, most recently, probably, like, Ready Player One, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. And I know they've done some of the work on some Marvel properties. I don't know that they work on every Marvel property. But no, I mean, I'd have to look. Yeah. I just feel like Marvel's big enough now that they have their own they kind of have their own branch, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure yeah. they've cherry-picked people. Oh, yeah. for sure. And... I mean, and just to kind of get into like the talk of some of the uh, like the model shots that they produce, like so I did. I recently watched uh, Empire of Dreams, uh, yeah, which is yeah. a documentary about the making of the original trilogy, and it's just hilarious to see some of the early shots because originally they just worked out of this small little garage, in, yeah, in Van Nuys. Uh, well, so I, I think for like for perspective, like they had like a like a huge just plywood build of the trench for like yeah. the Death Star. Well, exactly. And, that's yeah. what I, and it was just set up in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. So that's how they did the shooting and they were able to get the light and everything like that for the most part, I imagine. I, I know they probably had to go back and kind of shade it to fit the blackness of space mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but it's amazing that they're able to do stuff like that. And like, I mean, kind of a silly thing, but I always thought to myself like when I would see stuff like behind the scenes and stuff like that of, you know, the original trilogy because they were always using these incredible models for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Anytime I saw a Y-Wing or a TIE Fighter or an X-Wing blow up, I'm like, no! I want that! <laughs> you yeah. broke it! You Why broke it! Give it to me! I'll, let me play with that. Yeah, I'll play, if you're done with it, like, I'll, I'll play with it, you know, but I mean, it's, it, it just shows like it, the detail on those models in the first place to make them look oh, like immaculate. they're 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 life sized things. It's mm-hmm. it's 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 incredible, immaculate, like you said. Mm-hmm. I love it, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I always love the fact that like you know you can, with it being timeless, as we always kind of say, like, just the I mean the editing alone 
for a movie of, of that age is still like mind-boggling to me. Like just the fact that they were able to do so much in space, and this is before the special editions, mind you. Like mm-hmm. with the, the original trench run. Oh yeah, we're talking original cut. Oh my goodness! I mean, like yeah, the, they, you know, don't get me started on that. All right, so I mean, <laughs> we're, we're talking blue screen and green screen and stuff like that. You know, because oh, obviously was, that was well before blue screen and green screen. Yeah, well, what, what, that, I mean, that was all that was all practical effects. You know what? And yeah, that, that's why I think it's timeless. Yeah. I, well, compared to the prequels, we want to jump into that a little yeah. bit. All right, so... Hopefully we jump over that. <laughs> well, no, we don't have no, to spend too no, much no. time on it, honestly. We'll but give like, it its due. All right, so I think we were talking about this together before we got the mics going, uh, like, particularly uh, The Phantom Menace, all right, the mm-hmm. very first one. Like, the thing that The Phantom Menace has got going for it that the other two movies do not is the fact that it uses a ton of practical sets. Like, almost every set that's in that movie is practical. Mm-hmm. Whereas for the next two films, everything was done on green screen. Like, yes. they might have had the floor... Everything was composite. Like, reflective or whatever, you know, the case mm-hmm. might have been or whatever. But, but the like, background, the walls... Everything. Yep. They, yeah. I mean, some and of even the Even a lot of this, the floors were green screen, which is... <laughs> A content like a, a bone of contention that I always raise is that because it looks like they're floating. They're floating they're, yes. It doesn't mm-hmm. truly look like they're walking on that surface, especially exactly. like you're walking through the Jedi Temple. Mm-hmm. I think that was the example yes, you brought up. It's like Yoda's that. supposed to be the only one floating here, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, truly, mm-hmm. and and like some you can also tell like certain like late additions to the film, yeah. um, like and that was one of them with the scene with Obi Wan and Mace Windu and Yoda walking down the hallway outside of the library. Yeah. And you can tell that clearly they had le- a less time to work on it and B that instead it just of ha- seems rushed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Instead of having a real, you know, any type of real set, they were just walking in a purely green environment, which is just I mean it's absolutely insane. Yeah, I, I guess bet I money mean, that was a reshoot. Yeah. yeah. Oh god. Well, yeah. Think- like they screened a rough cut and went, "Wait a second, we're missing something. Yes. They're not touching the floor." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or whatever. We'll, I don't we'll know. fix it in post post. And post, then they post. never did. That's, well, I mean, yeah, that, already... that phrase makes me well up. <laughs> I'll fix it in post. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, but yeah, so I mean, so Phantom Menace had the practical stuff. Episodes two and three more or less did not. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some shots of like, all right, uh, you know, Attack of the Clones, like when they're on the uh, the, the lake estate in Naboo, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I think I mean, that's a real life location. Yeah. and it's beautiful. It is yeah. beautiful. And like the shots there are really well done too mm-hmm. for the most part. But like... Even if the dialogue isn't. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Admire the, the shot, take away the dialogue, put it on mute and just keep it as a background. That's that's all you need. And I mean, I think that's exactly where they have the wedding at the end of the movie too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the same. It's that same like bench or whatever. There have been railing. an insane number of people like posting their summer holidays mm-hmm. uh, on the Star Wars Reddit where they went to that lake. Yeah. Where is that lake? It's in Italy. Oh, okay. Makes sense. I was going to say, it's got to be Alps somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it just looks Alpine. Yeah. The architecture also, itself looks European. So. Yeah. And that's where the uh, the cat or, uh, the palace, the Naboo Palace, is also somewhere in Italy. Yeah. Okay. And I'm blanking on the name now, and it makes me mad. Are you talking about the one where they're walking away from like the, the refugee shuttle? And well, it's like the pa- well, the palace from episode one. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. But yeah, so I don't know. I mean... It has some dues to give, you know, and yeah. like I mean, even so, episodes two and three, for as much contention as I'll I'll give them, and cringe cringe at some of the the stuff that has not aged well. Okay, when they came out again, ILM were still on top of the heap. Oh hell yeah! Like you you look at the other movies coming out at that time with computer generated anything, 
and they can't hold a candle to what they were doing in the prequel trilogy. Yeah. No. What I've actually learned is that a lot of what they did in, especially in Attack of the Clones, I don't know as much about uh, Revenge of the Sith, but they did actually still build miniatures, mm-hmm. and then they, you know, just imposed the actual miniature set. So there was supposed to be this sort of 3D, kind of real texture, real texture. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, which I think you can see in certain scenes, but then you can also tell the ones where they clearly were just like, "Oh no, we don't have time for this." Like, yeah, just it. give this to a you know to a three D illustrator or somebody. Oh, man, I mean, oh crap, sorry. <laughs> uh, what do you think of like? Actually, no, that's a stupid question. I was gonna say because what do you think it would be like if they were made today? And it's like, well. They're really not in the same caliber as the sequel trilogy, but probably, it's like, yeah. they would well, have that I same. Think that, would be an, that would be a fascinating thing to see, though, because yeah. I mean, I, I actually, you know, I think one of my greatest praises for the Disney era has been, I think, all of those films are just stunning. Absolutely. Right. Oh yeah, without question. Well, before we jump into that, uh, the one last thing I do want to kind of give some kind of credit to is. Uh, I don't exactly know what the name of this shot would be, but I, I, I'm going to refer to it as like a a correlation, I guess. I don't know. But it's from Revenge of the Sith, okay? So it's okay. not so much of like the how the cinematography is set up, but it's the way that the shots are made. It's, it's Padme when she's giving birth, as well as Anakin when he's going into the suit. Yes. Oh, when they're, when they're cross-cutting. Cross-cutting. Yeah. Okay, so I wasn't sure exactly how to, you know, phrase it, but, like, mm-hmm. I always love that idea that, like, they're both suffering in their own way, mm-hmm. and, like, whereas, like, you know, Padme is in, she's in the light, she's wearing white, and then, obviously, Anakin's in the dark, because he's being suited up in his dark armor and stuff like that and everything, and it was just, like, I think what it works out is Anakin takes his first breath as Darth Vader, as, as she, she takes, takes her, her last, last. Mm-hmm. and it's like that it's, i mean the symmetry i guess i you will say. say that is a beautiful example of that technique being used that's that's what i'm saying like i i would put that up with like the classical example you always learn in film school is at the end of the godfather when they're simultaneously he's becoming the godfather at the the, the baptism and he's doing all the hits and uh, exactly yes godfather godfathers <laughs> I actually just read that uh, recently, the the audiobook of it, but still. There you go. It's a good book. Uh, all right, so yeah, that's that's all I kind of wanted to throw in there. I, I always like that. I mean, to this day, the first time you hear Vader's breath in that movie, Ugh. it still gives me chills. Yep. Still gives me chills. Mm-hmm. It seems in your anger you have killed her. I felt it. Like, good <laughs> good God, man. Like, I, like, that whole scene was perfect, and then you had to say, I felt it, and then go, no. Why couldn't he have just screamed? Like, I would have accepted a scream versus a no. No. Whatever the heck he says, you know. I guess the, the, well, if there's two things that I've learned about Darth Vader, and I think this extends, we can extend this beyond just Anakin, Vader, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. but he's really into dad jokes. because, (laughs) Because not only does he drop a whole bunch of dad jokes, Oh, man. Uh, throughout the entire series. But C-3PO, who, you know, as we know, is, is programmed by Anakin, is also a fan of just kind of dad joke that's humor. so good. Oh, my uh, God. I think C-3PO was secretly a way for him to test his material. I think so. <laughs> oh, another good one, sir. It and it landed. <laughs> yeah. I'm oh using God. that. 
No, what, that, there was like a robot chicken clip. I don't even know if you saw this or not, but it was the scene uh, from uh, Rogue One where uh, the Vader's coming down the corridor, right, at the end. Iconic. And, yeah, and it was just like, it was just Vader like walking down the hallway going, like, don't choke on your aspirations. <laughs> Another good one. He turns the corner and he's like, sup, noobs, or whatever. And like, basically just comes over. He's like, hope you, he's like, have a nice trip and cuts the guy's leg off. See you next fall. Like he keeps just saying all these different jokes. Yes. It's like, what do the squirrels like to eat? Nuts. And he punches the guy in the nuts. And it's like, ow, my nuts. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's like a, it's a minute long video. If you guys have a chance, check it out. It's hilarious. A robot chicken, Darth Vader dad jokes. It's, it's so funny. I will have to do that. It's so funny, but, but yeah. But he's also quite a fan of just, I don't think he does scream. Like, I don't think we've ever heard him scream, No. but he's a big fan of no. Yeah. Because that makes it into like four different films. No. Don't remind me. It's another reason that like the Return of the Jedi went down the crapper. Yep. Because besides <laughs> the, the whole. Editions. Yes. Besides the whole freaking dance routine at the beginning of the movie, uh. there's that point where like he doesn't have to say anything. He doesn't have to say anything, Andrew. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so angry. Soiled it. I'm sorry. Soiled it. Sorry. Soiled it. Skip ahead. No. Uh, <laughs> he gets angry at the Emperor. He looks at him and goes, no. And he looks at Luke and goes, no. And he looks back at the Emperor and does the freaking no. And I'm no. like, dude, it's such an iconic scene. Why? Uh, that's all. I don't know. Sorry. I'm Want to talk now. about the sequel trilogy? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> sequel trilogy. I'm sorry. I got amped up, man. Freaking hate that stuff. All right, sorry. So the sequel trilogy. Sequel trilogy. Uh, I mean, sequel trilogy as well as anthology. I feel like they kind yeah, of fit mm-hmm. the bill because we're talking Disney era, right, as exactly. you were saying Disney before. Disney era. And ah. per- yeah. And to me, it's like, <laughs> there is such a thing as like the sequel trilogy of the Disney era in the Disney era. era. I don't even know what I'm saying. Blah, 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 blah. I can't talk anymore. You're right. Um, but it's The Force Awakens, Rogue One, and Last Jedi. And, like, Solo is kind of its own separate thing. Yeah. I mean, not to say that there weren't some beautiful things in Solo, but overall, like, the grading in that movie, it just feels flat. Yeah. I will and I don't agree with that. I don't love it. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, like that's the movie. No, that, that, that's like, it, it, we've talked about it. I think it's just, the, it's just the fact that it had so many players at the head of it. Yeah, like, so many coaches. Too, too many cooks. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I would agree. So Between Lord and Miller, and then you get Ron Howard, mm-hmm. but then you also have, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. overlap between, you know, probably second unit direction. Oh, for never sure. Never changes. But Different thoughts and ideas, and yeah. they're probably thrown into the mix. Yeah. And that being said, I still think they pulled off a, a, a great story yeah. in Solo. Um, I think they would have... I think anyone would have suffered... Um, walking in and inheriting that situation i think yeah i think ron howard did a pretty good job no i mean you can't go wrong i mean ron howard's put out a lot of great stuff before anyways and like i love opie yeah so i mean (laughs) he does he does a good job and i i mean i'm all for that but i mean i'm trying to think of any good shots i mean most of the good shots i can imagine were probably from around when he does the castle run you know for the the most part yeah, yeah and it's probably a lot of you know not even especially real no no it's photography yeah I mean, that's all that is, but I don't know. I know there's got to be some good, like, like there's got to be some good, like little, you know, moments here and there where they've pointed it out. It's just, it's I'm, I'm kind of dropping the ball. I am. Uh, I do particularly like the sequences inside of, I'm blanking on the name. Kessel? No. Inside the ship. Um. Oh my God. What's his name? The gangster. Oh. Oh. Uh, 
Dang. <laughs> oh, this is going to... Uh, Dryden Voss. Yes. Dryden Voss, yeah. Yes. I almost just said Vision. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you could say that. You that, could say that Paul Vision Bettany. guy. That'd be yeah. Fine. yeah. I do like... That guy from Knight's Tale. I, I, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I do like the sequences in there. I do, I do think they were shot well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do yeah, like I mean, the lighting probably... specifically. I think those might be my favorite. But I mean, it was it was definitely a jump from like what the beginning of the movie was. Oh, it, was yeah. it was dark and dirty, you know, right. the streets. Then it yeah. went to uh, Mumbara, whatever the, yes. the the mud planet. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then, that was actually an example that I was going to bring up. Is I do like, I like the smash cut from him like enrolling. Oh, for sure. Oh well, what's the line? Uh, uh, we'll have you flying in no time. Yeah, and then Ooh. the next shot is like him really, like, <laughs> blown yep. back in just. Uh, uh, <laughs> crap hole of oh whatever whatever mumbane or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah i mean there are some good little shots in there and i always just say like when it comes to movies like that if you can't really find anything good to say about it or anything like that i always just say it's a good action flick <laughs> yeah know? well it is i mean i you know i i certainly like solo i mean not to like just turn this into a discussion <laughs> of solo but uh you know i still certainly like solo more than i like anything in the prequels really oh yeah um well yeah it, it, that's more of a prequel than rogue one is if well, you want to get down dirty about it that's well it is yeah. it fits more yeah i don't know yeah. it's neither here nor there what do you got to say about but, that uh, but like to me it is Valid. ultimately just like a <laughs> it's a popcorn flick it's like oh, a, yeah. i'm just going to put this on for background noise yeah 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 it's not like a movie that, like if i'm going to watch star wars i'm going to watch star wars mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like one of the, any of the episodes and Rogue One, but if this is on TV, you'll sit down and yeah. maybe watch and it. And I'll probably like putz on my phone or play on my laptop or do something else. As well, well, let's jump from that to Rogue One because let's I think that's it. the one we were we were all kind of excited to talk about a little mm-hmm. bit. Just, I mean, if I want to if I want to start right off with it, my favorite shot probably of the movie, um, is just. Coming out of hyperspace, like it's the GoPro vision on the X-wing. Okay. When the entire Rebel fleet comes out, because it it's literally over the shoulder of the uh, R two unit that's mm-hmm. on the X-wing, right? But it's just a still shot. It's it's like you know it's a mounted camera, mm-hmm. and you never seen anything like that in Star Wars before. As far as I can remember, you've never had anything Maybe in not. like in the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy where it was like you followed it like. As it moves. Whereas, uh, I would disagree with that. Where's that at? Now I'm curious. So, I feel like I could go off on a huge tangent here because I didn't get to totally give the original trilogy its credence. Dude, do it, But, man. like, my favorite sequence of the original trilogy is the opening of Empire. Ooh. Hoth. Hoth is such a departure cinematically from anything you see in, uh, in A New Hope. Where right. like a new hope was great, mm-hmm. a new hope would like we we wouldn't be talking about right, if any it wasn't. of this if it weren't for new hope, right? But for the most part, the coverage that they got in any scene seems safe. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that like screams to you, like ooh the the character or the camera is its own character. The opening of Empire, I feel like, is a huge departure cinematically. Um, the the shot that I'm referencing is when you see Luke on the Tauntaun mm-hmm. take his mask off. The reveal. It's his it's, hero it, shot. it's yeah, it's not a full shaky cam, mm. but it's got that feel to it. And it's like you're right up next to the Tauntaun's head. You can head. feel the shivering. And you don't see anything like that shot in A mm. New Hope. And I feel like that 
um, I took a bunch of screenshots, but I I put my phone away. I, I turned it off so we wouldn't have any weird interference. <laughs> oh, you're all right, man. But like, I don't even know. That and like the dolly reveal shot inside the cave. Yeah. Where, mm. where it just starts out like, oh, this is a beautifully lit cave. And that, that camera movement, you don't have any kind of motivated camera movement like that in A New Hope. No. And no. I, I mean, I think they were even trying to like just get the scope out of it, you know? Yeah. Because they kind of did something on a smaller scale in Return of the Jedi when they showed just, like, the remnants of the fleet, like, you know, the Rebel mm-hmm. fleet or whatever. But you're right, because it was just, like, it was... You it, you saw how big the base was on Hoth, and it just kind of presented it. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, you got to see the Millennium Falcon in there with all the snow speeders mm-hmm. and everything like that. It's a big facility, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But the fact that that comes in the first five minutes mm-hmm. of Episode 5, I to me, the first time I really, really watched it critically with through the lens of let's look at the framing let's look at the composition let's look at the mise-en-scene <laughs> i'm gonna get super fancy that's very fancy um that that whole sequence just like sticks out to me and gives me goosebumps and it's like this is gonna be a different ride mm-hmm. than what we just finished you were right because it just hit me that well it's from a certain from a certain point of view to use a star wars idiom uh <laughs> So, like with, uh, like I said, with Rogue One, it's the steady cam that's on the back of the mm-hmm. X-wing, but it's following from the like you're. It's like yeah. you're riding on. It's it, like right? you're mounted on it. Yeah. But in return or in Empire, mm-hmm. you get the, kind of the same feel from inside the cockpit. Yeah. Of the snowspeeder. Well, so imagine like there's those shots where it's like it's it's of you know you you have Luke's perspective as he's going at the you know the AT-ATs and everything mm-hmm. like that, and like you can kind of see over his shoulder, and that's kind of the way it's presented. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just trying to think of the way to kind of have some, you know, mm-hmm. correlation with that. that I am will. turning my phone back on just to give sure, examples because I took screenshots. Ooh. This is the shot I'm referring to, which I know no one listening yes, to this, this can is, this see. This is great uh, theater but, of the mind. But yes. there's there's <laughs> a little bit of like just natural camera shake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just enough to really to, put you in the moment. You yeah, feel like a fly f- on that yeah. ear. Yeah, that tauntaun like, oh, hello, here I am. <laughs> Just came out of nowhere. Like you are actually freezing yeah. your ass off in Norway. And like love that shot. Yes, yeah. Right as as Luke crests the the top of that that ridge. Of course, looks like Thanos with his army. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then the departure from the end of that like first introduction to Hoth to immediately to Vader, mm-hmm. just super close up to the back of his helmet Mm -hmm. as he's dead center in the frame looking out the window of the bridge uh i think that even harkens back to luke looking out at the twin sons yes it's just the idea that he knows his son is out there and he's he's just watching out the window like oh there's a i saw a speck of activity let's let's go check that out maybe that's him yeah i i feel like that shot tells you so much about what's going on in vader's head that's a very good way saying to, a word that is a good way to look at it honestly because i mean you it brings out more well we said as much right with Anakin, not Anakin, with luke you kind of get a sense of longing and mm-hmm. wonder and all this kind of stuff whereas like and you get to see his face whereas with darth vader you don't mm-hmm. because he's looking not mm-hmm. so much he's longing for something but he's looking for something yeah searching. and yes, he's, he's searching so like he is completely motionless and he almost, apart from the reflections on the his helmet, which you get that beautiful texture of the mm. the material, he almost just disappears into space. Yeah. Mm. No, yeah. he really does. 
So I love it. And then it immediately cuts to a super, super pulled back wide angle of the whole bridge. And he's just standing there, like pretty much nose up against glass, like dead center. It's like, I'll is, see you out is there. Is he out there? Yeah. <laughs> is he well, home yet? Maybe that was him. You looking like, for the Amazon guy? I'm imagining, <laughs> I'm even imagining that shot. Like if you were watching it in 1980 on the actual you know film screenshot of that one too yes it's i love that which uh, one's that? It's beautiful it's just it's the pullback mm-hmm. to oh yeah the entire uh, bridge of the superstar destroyer and it's a good it's a good like balance between you see luke on the white planet whereas he's in cold like gunmetal gray mm-hmm. yes so you see the light in the dark that's that's mm-hmm. yeah. perfect but i can only i can only imagine what that would even look like with some of that natural film grain f- oh yeah like if you were watching it some in some of that theaters, beautiful texture yeah and and like you really would almost see vader kind of like disappear disappear into the star field mm-hmm. uh even more so and that mm-hmm. would be that would be such a cool thing to actually experience yeah uh, let's bring that back <laughs> <laughs> let's do it i agree is there anything else you want to bring up from that sign yeah the only other thing again it's Empire, oh, the, the, the series where they return, because I, I say series because it happens a couple times throughout the mm-hmm. film, but when they return to Vader in his egg, and there's always motivated camera movement there, mm-hmm. that, again, is just such a departure from anything that George Lucas and his DP did. It's which, true. I say and his DP because I cannot for the life of me remember his name. It's an excellent to, question. To the internet. To the yeah. internet. Well, I mean, it's, it's true not though. Joe Webb, is it? No, I think he's I the editor. Yeah. But no, for what it's worth, you're right. Like honestly, on on a scale of, you know, cinematography versus the two films, I mean, it just does not compare. No. Like a New Hope's always going to have that charm and everything like that. It's a wonderful film. But it is like, it's almost just like one camera all the time. Like it, it doesn't mm-hmm. have, it doesn't flirt with the idea of doing something different. I, exactly. It's I would beyond s- being a different Yeah, the camera media. isn't a character in and of itself. Yeah. Um, it, it plays it safe. Everything is just very utilitarian, so to speak. And in that regard, I think a lot of the prequel movies take a similar approach to that. Mm-hmm. Despite the so, fact that they're just jam-packed with computer-generated Computer-generated, yeah. yeah. So what you're telling me is that Irvin Kirshner is a better director-director <laughs> than George Lucas is. I think you could say that. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, you could totally say that. Now, I mean, I, I don't want to... I know we were kind of starting the talk sequel trilogy, but I actually mm-hmm. want to go back to this uh, with the with Return of the Jedi and Ooh. Richard Marcon directing. Mm-hmm. I don't know who did photography for that mm-hmm. either. Which uh, I, God. I I bring up Empire because I don't I don't want to take away from anything that happens in Jedi, but again, I know we were getting to the sequel trilogy and I just totally <laughs> sucked us back. And Connor years. knows that I'm about to dump on Return of the Jedi. Yeah, okay. well look the review's <laughs> coming, you're buddy. Gonna, you're gonna agree with me probably on this. That's right, Connor, put that bib on. Just insofar as I think the like the depth of field in Return of the Jedi has always bothered me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's just like it looks like it was made for TV. Yes. One hundred percent. Yeah, I, can I mean, agree could with you that. like even explain that a little bit, or kind of explain oh, the difference in terms of like why Empire looks the way that it does versus why Return looks the way that it does? Would you think it has something to do with the setting? I mean, in in respect of like with Hoth, it's obviously this huge white plain, whereas like the the you know the forest moon battle is like almost entirely enclosed around like the bunker, mm-hmm. something like that. 
Or are you talking just straight up like the way it's shot? Well, but I think like I think it has a lot to do with the way it's shot. Yeah. yeah, because to me, it's like even you know, like we were just gushing over those bridge scenes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we get lots of bridge scenes in return as well, and it still oh, yeah. seems to lack that depth. Depth. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. Yeah, I I do one hundred percent agree. I think Jedi is in a lot of ways every every frame seems a little bit flatter, mm-hmm. and I would truthfully have to to look up and see if in the dredges of the internet if we could find out <laughs> like oh were they shooting at like at six or like six three on this one and empire was shot at four like uh-huh. that i can't like, answer really... but i 100 percent agree that empire just brings the depth to a next level yes and i yeah. think i mean and like i think that's partially why I mean, you know, this is something I'll go back to, and, and obviously this could actually segue, segue us back to the sequel trilogy, but, like, I feel like Irvin Kershner is kind of, like, the only the only true, true director of any of the first six Star Wars films. Yeah. Like, Richard Marquand that. is, like, he was, like, a TV guy, mm-hmm. and, like, George Lucas is, you know, he's this great idea guy. I As I always say, like, I give him all the credit in the world for creating the universe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I just don't think he is, like, a director uh, per and, se. I mean, he wants to be, and 100% back that again and it's mm-hmm. n- it's something that's been talked about at length especially I, I know for a fact that i've spoken about it with you guys off off mic um and i believe you talked about it on the podcast but the i mean one of the primary roles of the director is to get the best possible performance out of your talent yeah and <laughs> we know hayden christensen's a great actor he's a he's a good actor he's pulled it off multiple yes. times in other films but not as Anakin. No. So what's the what's the cause there? It's I'm gonna venture to the... I'm gonna venture to say it's George Lucas didn't properly <laughs> motivate him. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's also the thing of like uh, when it comes to like the way he wrote the scripts and everything like mm-hmm. that. The dialogue is not well, flowing. It, it, Andrew, is it true? Uh, maybe I, I forget the the story behind this, but like, wasn't it, it? It was his wife at the time who wrote most of the dialogue. Yes. Well, she did a lot of the. Writing and everything. Well, like the doctoring, the, the fixing. Yes. Yeah. yes. Okay. Yeah. Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. He needed her like Stephen King needed his wife because his wife's always been his first and final critic. Like, yeah. And like, you we wouldn't have as many big books out of Stephen mm-hmm. King. Kind of bringing it back to the beginning here, but still. <laughs> I love no. Stephen King. That well, happened. That, yeah. So all I'm getting at is like, you know, it, it, things probably would have been different if she was able to, you know, stick around for the prequels even mm-hmm. or something. But, you know, mm-hmm. it. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. That being said, it. even at its worst moments, I'm watching the prequel trilogies because they're Star Wars movies. Yeah, right. and I'm loving every second of it. Yeah, you're gonna love it. Space battles. And when we talk, laser swords. when they talk about sand, I will cringe, but I will still watch it because it is Star Wars, and I love Star Wars. Which totally to off take us off on a tangent here. I got to thank you guys for making me love Star Wars the way I do because there was a time. While the prequels were still very, very fresh and relevant, that I had not seen most of them. That's true. And we took... I showed up to your house, Andrew, <laughs> with the premise that we were going we to have band practice. Yes. And then we watched one through six. <laughs> Holy cow. Like all in one I, day? I think it was over the course of a weekend. Yeah. Oh, crap. But I do remember that. Yes. Yeah, so, so thank you. Packing them in, absolutely. You, you guys made it happen. <laughs> we well, appreciate that. Yes. I mean, you were in the, like, 
you were in the band as mm-hmm. Greedo shot first, yeah. so we had to have some kind of exactly. knowledge about it. I had to know. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's let's finish this out finally yes. with the sequel trilogy because I know we're all Jones for it. Let's do it. Let's just let's finish off. You know what we Over were talking here. about with uh, yeah for it. <laughs> with with uh, Rogue One like because I mm-hmm. I think we were all kind of in accord that like, you know it had some of the most spectacular shots oh my God. for the anthology. It's beautiful. You know, and like I said. It, I love I love the you know the the fleet arriving. I love the silhouette, like the whole moment where uh, Galen Erso is his message is going off for Jin, and you see the Death Star coming across and like just completely blotting out the sun mm-hmm. for Jetta. I always love that, and especially because the, the way they do the scene is all you hear is Galen's audio like you mm-hmm. just hear his dialogue you don't hear the explosion you don't hear the hit of the laser you don't hear it powering up it's just that and i honestly love it because i mean to add to the end like it's the same music that plays at the very end too when like the when they get to scarab when the death star gets to scarab and everything and it's like it's just a beautiful shot and it, it was just mm-hmm. a lot of like i don't know i keep coming back to like sem- symmetry you know like there's a lot of like Oh, this has to happen because this happened, or something mm-hmm. like that. And like one of the best things about it is the fact that like Krennic, when he's down and out at the top of that spire or whatever, like the top of the you know thing, he's like crawling to the edge. He looks straight up at the thing that he worked so hard to build and make perfect and complete. It takes him out and only him, right then and there, because mm-hmm. that sh- that laser comes down and completely shears off the top of it where he is. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the rest of it doesn't get to it till later. But I always just love that little fact. Like, I don't know if a lot of people realize that, like, when they see it. But it's like, he was right there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he got it. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean... He took the brunt of it. Please tell me a little bit more. Because, I, I, you know, like I said, we're, we're resigning on you for the expertise and everything like that. I just kind of wanted to gush a bit. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because you're going to hand it over to me and I'm going to gush even more. Gush, man. That's what we got. Gush. Gush away. Gush. All right. Sorry. <laughs> Gar. Gush your shot first. <laughs> um... I mean, where do you even start with Rogue One? Other than, if uh, if you're not familiar with the work of Akira Kurosawa, Ooh. familiarize yourself because I mean, it's it's on the record and it has been for a long time that George Lucas took a lot of his inspiration for these movies from Kurosawa. Mm-hmm. It's where it's where we got the wipe. Right, the wipe say, comes from Kurosawa. I would say the Seven Samurai, right, or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, the uh, the hidden temple is yes uh, that that one first and foremost Lucas yeah. pulled from yeah, yeah. but because that's kind of the traditional like hero's quest yes. kind of story yes. as well so so a lot of the themes of A New Hope are repeated there exactly so. yeah um, but if you want to see I mean there's there's bits and pieces of Kurosawa that you can you can pull out of any of any of these films but if you want to see it at the forefront on display it's Rogue One yeah. Absolutely, Rogue One. Well, I mean, um, I, you're probably just talking about uh, the first time we meet Chirrut. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, his whole style right there, just him tapping his stick, walking into the circle. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. I don't Absolutely, know. it is. But I wonder we... if there's like this weird interplay. So you know, so Gareth Edwards is the one who did that, mm-hmm. and he also did Godzilla, the 2014 go, reboot. Go Godzilla! Mm-hmm. I wonder if he like was influenced from watching a lot of Japanese film. Maybe. I was like, I'm going to, you know, really play in, like, lean into the Kurosawa mm-hmm. of it. I wouldn't be surprised. Aesthetic. Yeah. Love it. I mean, whether or not that's the actual motivation, 
He killed it. Yeah. Well, there, the the fact of that whole scene with Shira and Way, like versus all the stormtroopers and everything, that all the quick sh- like quick takes and edits and mm-hmm. stuff like that, to sh- like you kind of see how he sees the world, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like you hear the shift of a boot, like yeah. they show the boot shifting, the fingers tightening on and the, the trigger. And the pace of it is deliberately disorienting. Yes, and it's like what is going on? What's going to mm-hmm. happen? And all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Just flicks his head to the right, like Han does to avoid the shot. <laughs> now that I think about it, that's how he did it. Yeah. He's a he's a he's a uh, a will guard or whatever, yes, a guardian, a guardian of the wills. Of the will. yes. yes. Sorry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Nerd stuff. <laughs> all right. Uh, but yeah, I, I I always bring that up. Um, you know, and then like all the shots of the planets themselves, mm-hmm. like at the very beginning, like they're gorgeous. Yeah. They're framed beautifully. The well, camera is. I, again, I think the camera is a character in and of itself. Yes. Without being egregious, because there right. are there are plenty of movies in this day and age that go, oh yeah, like GoPros are a thing. Let's yeah. let's get that point of view. Yeah. It's just ridiculous, and like a lot of action films Captain are, are America is going to go running, and then all of a sudden, like you're not going to think it's like a you know moving camera, but then all of a sudden the camera starts following. Woo. Them, yeah, and, it's like, ridiculous. Uh, Shaky cam is. Or horrendously overdone. Well, and it reached, yeah, I mean, it, it reached a complete, like, o- over-abuse. Over-saturation, as as, yeah. yeah. I remember a lot of people telling me, like, when they first saw it, like, I think it was, like, you know, like, Saving Private Ryan, like, was mm-hmm. a big example of, like, yeah. the shaky cam and mm-hmm. stuff like that. People were like, I can't watch it. It makes me sick. And it's like, at first, I think it That's was like, you know, point. yeah, it's like, you know, you're supposed to feel disoriented yeah. because mm-hmm. it's just, everything's happening at once and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. You Trust me, you don't want to see these images still because it's a lot of dismemberment mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I can understand that, and it, it does kind of add to. But it also just adds to the setting you're trying to present as well, mm-hmm. you know. And, and and going off on that whole sequence, I'm I'm assuming you're talking about that that landing sequence from Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the the way that they inti- uh, intentionally cranked up the shutter speed to get everything choppier, mm-hmm. beautiful. No, yeah, because I mean, it was like it was everything was more or less calm mm-hmm. while they're on the boat, and then as soon as the boat lands or whatever, like that's when it just, just starts overcranked. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's you know you start feeling the subtle vibrations and it starts shaking into mm-hmm. a category five. Yeah, uh, but let's talk the actual sequel trilogy. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, are there any big examples that you'd like to bring up for like uh, the Force Awakens? Um, oh, I mean, there is like a, a Twin Suns reference in there as well mm-hmm. to kind of give the basis of, okay, this is our new hero that we're going to be following and whatnot, um, you know, and then obviously on another desert planet and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of this, some some of the better ones out of it. Uh, well, so the Huck speech. Uh, I yes. think it's a really good example of like yes. just first of all, I know not a lot of it was practical. Certainly not the environment was practical, mm-hmm. but I have to but I have they to believe have me fooled. Yes, <laughs> I have to believe at the very least they had at least like one or two rows of stormtroopers. Oh, yeah. for sure. You know, not not as many as they had, but like they have the budget for that. They have the budget for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Certainly. Let's do it in camera. But it's like the gripe that I always get, like you brought up before, the fact that they say they never made a single piece of clone armor for the clone troopers it's all like cgi Mm -hmm. whereas this was obvious like we need the interaction and real quick to go back to rogue one that's what i loved about the chirin way fight is the fact that when he swacks the crap out of these guys like you can hear the plastic and the Mm -hmm. glass just shatter Mm -hmm. it was just amazing but that's just it yeah so you can like you could feel the this is also the first example where you see blood 
mm-hmm. in Force Awakens too. That whenever Finn is like helping his you know fellow trooper out and he puts his hand on it and just mm-hmm. streaks down, I was like, what? Wow, you know, yeah, I, they I are it's, real. Yeah, it's it never <laughs> it never happened before, you know. But yeah, I don't know. Just a lot of that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the, you know the the whole image of. Uh, you know, Ray when she finds a lightsaber and has all these weird visions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of the best way to kind of proffer it. Yeah. I was well, just about to spout on like favorite shots. Do it <laughs> for the whole sequel. But Andrew. Well, ah, the one were... that I the one in particular that I wanted to bring up is the sequence like the first sequence we get with Ray where she's inside the destroyed mm-hmm. Star Destroyer and kind of the some of the you know, effects that go on there, like it's all kind of disorienting. We don't really understand which way is up or down. Mm-hmm. Don't even understand what's happening at first. Mm-hmm. Um, Who just, is this? What are they doing? Yeah. Where are we? How are we? Yeah. <laughs> Where is Gamora? <laughs> Why is Gamora? I totally botched that. Um, <laughs> Why is Gamora? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, I, I just feel like that's one of the more standout scenes from that. Mm-hmm. You know, in the a, entire film, yeah, beyond kind of just be like JJ just kind of being like, I'm going to make this look so much like Star Wars, you're going to your like, head's gonna explode, yeah, <laughs> yep. yep, no. Um, and I, I think my favorite, I would absolutely put that as one of my top three scenes, mm-hmm. um, in that entire film, um, for the exact reason you just said. I think it sets up such a strong introduction to Ray as a character, mm-hmm. um. In that same vein, the sequence immediately prior to it, okay. where we first meet Kylo Ren, uh-huh. that is also one of my favorites. Just that moment when he stops the blaster bolt yeah. midair, and it's just there vibrating. Which is like, it was terrifying. I right. got goosebumps. <clears throat> yeah. Well, in I mean, the theater by myself, like, oh my god. In all well, of the movies that we've seen, no one has ever done that before. No. Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, was... we see uh, we see Vader like just like absorb Han's blaster bolt mm-hmm. essentially right. in mm-hmm. Empire. Yoda absorb lightning, but that's different, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but to to actually see that to uh, stop it midair while it's still just there humming, he goes about his business for the next like two to three minutes of screen time, uh-huh. and, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Yeah, I guess I don't need to hold this it, midair." Walking and away, it's... just yeah. just yeah. goes does his thing. It's just amazing. Uh, there is chills. Like, I, I hear this often in different kind of, uh, you know, podcasts or whatever that I listen to, tune into, where people talk about like the first forty minutes of the Force Awakens, which you know incorporates that and mm-hmm. incorporates Ray, you know, basically everything up until they arrive on like on the uh, Han and Chewie's like scavenger ship mm-hmm. is like the best part of that film mm-hmm. but from there it just becomes such a direct recreation of yep. new hope yeah that it's almost like you it's hard to mm-hmm. kind of separate out the rest of it exactly but Which, that first part is thematically the force awakens was such a love letter to the original trilogy that it i think it captured everyone back on board like oh okay yeah they're gonna do this and they're gonna do it well yeah. and the last jedi was so subversive and it dashed all of your hopes and expectations because it went in a completely different direction mm-hmm. i think rise of skywalker is the one that comes back and brings balance to the force Ooh. <laughs> now there's a hot take there's my yeah. mic. there's my mic drop <laughs> Uh, all right. I mean, 
do we kind of want to close it out a little bit closer? You know, yeah. final final remarks. I want. I just want to talk because this is like arguably one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, and I'm going to lose it. Do it in a good way. I want to see him lose it. <laughs> The throne room battle. Oh, yes. with the Praetorian Guard. With the Praetorian Guard. Which in the Last Jedi. I will fully go on the record. There are so many continuity errors and editing mistakes in that yeah. sequence, but it is so beautiful, really, that it does not matter to me. Mm-hmm. But hold on, I mean, like, it, what, like, what, like, are you saying it's like if someone gets cut down, they're just back in the same frame later on or something like that? Like stuff like that, and you'll see. I forget what the actual timestamp of it was because I watched a breakdown of it. Went, oh yeah, that's egregious. It was a really egregious one. Yeah, where uh, like someone takes a swing at Ray and like overswing, like she dodges it, I, I believe, and then he, he like overswings, and then you see him turn around and come back at her, and all of a sudden he's empty-handed. And you're like, where did your yeah, weapon? Yeah, like his oh. weapon just dis- like it like passes through her body and disappears. Just disappears. And you're like, um. How did that happen? The first time I, I watched that breakdown, I was like, one, how did you do that? Because I could have sworn you were using practical, like, props, yeah. like, prop <laughs> weapons, and yeah. that just went through a human body. Where? Yeah. How did you do that? Two, how did that not get caught? Yeah. Right. Like, how did they not realize yeah. that? Or I but, think it's even like he had, like, a like two swords or something. And yeah. Like, one of those things where he snaps like one together. of them yeah. disappears. Just, Completely and disappears. That's, like that's what mm-hmm. creates the continuity mm-hmm. error. Maybe it yeah. almost makes more sense because he probably was holding both, but then Ryan Johnson was like, "Oh no, put down one of them." Yeah. Otherwise, write a novel would about totally. it later on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. That's. <laughs> well, yeah, I love. That. I love the the world that exists in the gray area. Yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> leave just enough gray area to where, like, hey, let's fill that in with a novel. Yeah. yeah, and I mean it's it's the honest to God's truth. Like mm-hmm. I mean, we make the joke all the time, but I mean there are legitimate like books made out of the smallest <laughs> details, and some of the book some of those books are amazing, mm-hmm. you know. But I wouldn't be surprised if we start to hear a story about the Praetorian Guards missing blade or something later yeah. on. It could happen. Yeah, for sure. But, Whenever it, they do like the fortieth anniversary uh, anthology book. Oh man! For the Last Jedi, they're gonna Dude. come back and say it was Luke. Watching the whole thing happen from across the galaxy and yes. going, oh, I'm gonna give you guys an assist, and yeah, he just I'm gonna take that. Just take somehow that. did it. Yeah, this if it's like one. Of, it was like Doctor Strange. He saw like the fourteen thousand, you know, fourteen million mm-hmm. outcomes of this fight. And he's like, if I just remove this, things will be fine. <laughs> yeah, because yes. otherwise she just gets gutted, yes. and then it's like that's not that's not happy. That's not, that's what not you Disney. Want. Yeah. No, that's not what you want. <laughs> yeah, but just the the absolute like that is I think like the most beautifully colored anyway oh absolutely in any oh yeah Wars well just the, just like the red yeah sat, oh, like it's, it's just it's striking everywhere yeah. yes yeah. visually striking the action itself is very visceral and yeah. the the theme of the whole room burning down around them yeah playing Amazing. into the theme of kylo like let the past die just, let it go yeah. just let it just let it burn he's just probably dying for that moment too and everything mm-hmm. like he was just ready for it he's yes. like oh someone lit it on fire this is great <laughs> the revolution has begun <laughs> that's right uh, <laughs> all right i have two to bring up uh, i don't know if anyone else wants to bring it up to that, after that but 
First one I will bring up is uh, the the Haldo sacrifice. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. Just the aftershot of her going through the ships and like the and way that it goes completely silent. With this, so oh, I, I've I talked it. about this before. Uh, when I went to the theater, it was after I had seen the Last Jedi. But when mm-hmm. I went to the theater, they actually had a sign out in front of the theater that said, mm-hmm. "There is a moment at this timestamp in the Last Jedi where it goes completely silent." It's not that the audio dropped out or anything like that. It's, it's just intentional. Part, it's intentional. And I feel like when you do something like that, when you have to present it like that, it does ruin it. A, just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, if you're not expecting well, yeah, it. I mean, we saw it like... So Brian and I saw it together. Yeah. Like, on the night of release. And it was like... And they had, they didn't include anything like that. No, there was um, no teaser. It was, yeah. No yeah. heads but the, up. But I remember, and you know, we, as I think I've described it, we saw it at the Rango's giant screen, and there was like probably 300 people in the theater because wow. it's a massive theater. And like the silence in that scene with all of these people in the theater was so uncomfortable. Like, yes. Because it's like almost a solid four <laughs> or five seconds of just oh, yeah. nothing. It's, and not, then it's, a, just that it's loud. not a quick moment. It is yeah, like. They let it build Which and just, just simmer. And... Just seeing like, I mean, just the way that it broke up. That's, that's the thing that always amazed me. And it wasn't even just the silence because the silence is staggering. It's beautiful mm-hmm. the way it is. But it's mm-hmm. just the fact that the ships all basically just blow up. Yes. Like they're just cut into and eviscerated that fast mm-hmm. and like that effectively. Like she took out an entire fleet. Yeah. It was just it was just so awe-inspiring and then you get hit in the face with that aftershock mm-hmm. and it is that like wow, you know, it's mm-hmm. amazing the way they did this. And the only other one I'll bring up is just the this the, the aesthetic shot of Kylo versus Luke on mm-hmm. crate. I I would argue that the entire crate sequence is Oh, well, stunning. you know what? I'll give you that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm thinking more of just... The as, visuals like, of the ski speeders. Yeah. yeah. And straight formation. And then as soon as the TIE fighters come in, where it all zigzags. You see it oh, stagger. And the, yeah. Yep. And like the red lines. Oh, my God. It's beautiful. Just a little yeah. bit of salt there. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, obviously, I am far... You know, I'm way out to... Uh, I, don't, I don't even know what, way how out to, to lunch. phrase this. No, well, it's not that because that's okay. not what I think. Okay. But, you know, I am way out on a pedestal defending the last jedi mm-hmm. but you know i think there's no argument from what we're talking about here and i think we're really enjoying talking about the visual oh, yes. dynamics of the last jedi yeah probably it is the best looking star wars oh it really is bar none i mean like it say what you want about the story and all this kind yeah, of stuff it's but got, you it's can, got like, plenty of things yeah, you pro- can yeah. pick, uh, pick a bone with but, but like the visually the, that's not it. Yeah. it it is it's, it's absolutely stunning and like it it will be a background on anyone's you know computer for a long time you know or something like that like it, oh, it's totally it's something like like i said there's just so many shots that you want to you want to actually print out and put up on your wall because they're just pieces of art mm-hmm. you know and there wasn't canto bite yeah which i <laughs> there's a novel about that i know there <laughs> <laughs> roast me if you will devil's advocate mm-hmm. from a production standpoint the production design and the set design of canto bite is awesome is oh yeah breathtaking well yeah. it's just like the pod racing scene in episode it's one so cool it is so so not uh, important yeah yeah anyway right, like this form. is incredible hold why on why is this happening oh let's you want to talk shots let's finish out with this one okay okay the shot the first shot you get of canto bite where it's that tracking shot going through the tables or even mm-hmm. pulling away. I forget how. Is it pulling away or going into it? I, I think, think it's, it's pulling away. Going, I think it's going in. Okay. Yeah, it's going so. in to the point where you actually meet Finn, right? Mm-hmm. They took this shot from, a, like, it was like a 20s or 30s film 
where they did the exact same thing. It was a steady cam where they had all these different interactions between people at tables. Like they were just drinking, having a good mm-hmm. time, but they would get out of the way of the camera, let it go through its thing until eventually you got to the point where whoever you were focusing on turns around and you know, you're focused on them entirely now. And it was almost the exact same thing in this movie. Like they, mm-hmm. they did the shot almost like, you know, second to second and it just ends with Finn just being like overwhelmed because you also got to remember this Look kid at this place this kid like this kid's still fresh out of the stormtrooper oh yeah you know yeah. like he's still that fresh yeah. and so like he's just he, getting a taste of this world a week ago he was still yeah he, he, he was still cleaning the toilets on Starkiller yeah. base yeah. Yeah. Or whatever yeah. so you know but I mean I just love the fact that they did they were able to not only recreate it so well but like you were all saying, it's like the set design of it and everything mm-hmm. like that. It just made mm-hmm. it look glitz, glamour. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, you made you look like it was too expensive for you to even look at it. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of how I felt yeah. about it. And that's, I think, the gravity of when you build it for real and do it on a practical set, right? And just let the grandeur of it speak for itself. Yes. which There's, they did. Yeah, uh, absolutely, it does. Yes. No, I, I completely agree with that. And it just guts me because why did it have to happen? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, totally fair. I know. I I completely I mean, character development that. for for Finn and Rose, and we we meet DJ DJ and one of my favorite characters yeah. in the movie. Oh, he's he's great. I think Benicio del Toro did a great job. But well, do you think he did a good job? But why? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I just love that. But oh well. Is that? I mean, you want to? Should we I wrap think, it up here? I think that's a perfectly fine place to end it. Yeah, honestly, I, I, th- I know we. I think we know that there's going to be a whole hell of a lot to unpack with Rise of Skywalker. As oh well. my oh, god! So yeah. we're gonna have to have you come back. Yeah, absolutely. And it might be inter- And I think it would be fascinating to see, like, once we start to get, like, Mandalorian is out. Oh, and, and, I cannot wait. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, so there there will be plenty more to come. Yeah, because we'll it, have to have you back on for this, yeah. or you know, other topics as well. Let's break it down visually. Yeah, yes. man. I was like, you know, it's like uh, Salacious Crumb. What's up with that? Or something. Like that. I don't know. It just, what's that's that? That's my about? dog's name. Yeah, it's your dog's <laughs> name. Yeah. Bring it full circle, man. But... Woo, Salacious. <laughs> Crumb. All right. Um, Brian, thank you for coming with us. Duncan, it's it's just weird to call you, you Brian. Call I'm sorry, bro. I, like, we know you I as Duncan for our lives. I to you interchangeably throughout. So. Yeah, as far as we Apologies know. Apologies to anybody in the audience that might not like recognize. Yes. There's one person here. His name is Brian Duncan. And I just want to thank <laughs> Brian Duncan for joining us. He's our friend. And thank you, gentlemen, for well, having me. I mean, honestly, your expertise have just brought a whole new light to everything as well. Like, There's a lot of stuff I didn't realize that you were able to kind of you know, bring up you know, bring up that I found really interesting. And I'm hoping that everybody else out there was able to gleam a little bit of you know nerdy knowledge off of that as well um but as always i just want to thank everybody for tuning in and checking us out uh, are there any shots that you guys like that uh, you know you want to bring up or talk about you know hit us up on facebook tag us on uh, facebook uh, hit us up on reggiesousepodcast.com while you're there please check out games and that podcast as well as the rust belt wristers and uh you know check out apple itunes and anywhere else you can get your podcast as well Yes. Is it wait? Would I say Apple uh, iTunes? Yeah. Apple, Apple Podcasts, Podcasts on iTunes, which used to be available through it. iTunes or the web address as well. Yes. You can just go to applepodcasts.com. I guess that's kind of the new thing. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the format is, but <laughs> don't worry, there'll be a new thing soon. Yeah, there'll be another new thing. <laughs> of course, for sure. But from everyone here, me, Andrew, Duncan, I just want—I mean, I'm going to assume that you know at least I had a great time. Did you have a good time? It was a boring conversation, anyway. I bet it was.